Welcome, and thank you for tuning into Organ in the official podcast of Ology Research Group, exploring contemporary social issues via data insights and change. With over 1.86 billion monthly active users, Facebook is increasingly expected to take on social responsibility of managing cyberbullying, censoring hate speech, while at the same time ensuring that free speech is protected. As an example, 87% of cyberbullying among teenagers occurs on Facebook, while over 87 million people may have had their data harvested by Cambridge Analytica, which some experts predict may have impacted the 2016 presidential election. There's also growing distrust among conservatives that Facebook is censoring their conservative voice on the social platform. Today, we discuss the nature of free speech, corporate responsibility, and the ethical concerns for placing our trust in a corporation to safeguard our constitutional rights. Present today to discuss this topic from New York City, we have myself, Carl Etamendi. And Jasmine Etamendi. And recording from Los Angeles, we have... Hey there, Casey Shop. And Courtney Hirose. Casey, take it away. Thanks, Carl. Um, you know, we've been bombarded with the news with all these Cambridge analytics and the whole uh, scandal with, um, uh, you know, the election, 2016 election, but also, you know, this growing, um, I don't want to say anger against Facebook for not providing a safe space for like teenagers because of cyberbullying. And there's also on the right side, a lot of conservatives feel like they are being silenced or ignored or they're being censored by the algorithm that Facebook is uh, employing to remove the cyberbullying, which people campaign and push Facebook to do. So all this got me thinking, which is we're changing, we're placing a lot of trust in organizations like Facebook. Uh, we just haven't talked about Facebook, but I feel like more and more we're, we're, we're expecting organizations to protect our rights um, and rather than um, you know them being a profit-producing organization, now they have the social responsibility. Now they have to do X, Y, and now they have to do be more engrossed in our daily lives. And I'm just curious if this is a um, you know if it's a good thing or if this is a bad thing or you know what's going to happen in the future, 20, 30, 40 years from now, when this kind of trends continues. And I want to create uh, discuss about that and see what you guys think. So the so the topic is like the ethical concerns of having a corporation such as Facebook be kind of like the arbiter of our values and morals and ethics. I mean, I don't I don't think it's a it's actually a good thing because there's definitely like conflict of interest for sure. And I think some things are kept on the low low. For example, like this thing with uh, Cambridge Analytica, of course. Facebook is a corporation just like any other, and they they need to make money too, and they make tons of it, um, you know, with, with, with targeted ads and and things like that. Um, was that Facebook trying to <laughs> peek into the yes into our, our podcast? Oops, um, <laughs> we should we should have a safe word for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't Yellow. Think, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good thing. Um, I think it's getting to a point where. Uh, they they do have the ability to to silence so, um like you know people who are uh, conservatives for example that put up certain things um 
So I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's difficult, right? It's it, I'm I'm trying to think also of platforms like RateMyProfessor.com. You go in there and you rate your professor. You say, "Hey, my professor was great, five stars, chili pepper." But then, if you <laughs> if you hated your professor and you put something very hateful on there, if the community perceives it to be something inappropriate, they will flag it as inappropriate, and then rate my professors will review, and then they'll take it down if they find that it's inappropriate. So I think. The users have to be the ones deciding what is appropriate and what isn't. And I think any corporation, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, all these other ones that we have now, I don't think it's right for them to dictate what is right or wrong. There's a simple solution to all this. If you don't want to be tracked, then just don't have Facebook anymore. Oh, but Facebook can track you without you having an account indirectly through your friends network. No, and not that's necessarily. Part, not that's what this not. article I read that talked about it. Okay, what did the article say? <laughs> well, I just skimmed through it, Tell but I can't specifically. But it was scary because what they said was you don't have to log into Facebook for it to find like know you as a person. Because let's say if your friend tags you or. Or like, well, well, I don't, I don't know the technical jargon, but it's like you're being tagged too. Just like the Cambridge Analytica, it was the people who took the surveys. They took all the data from those surveys to look at their friends' information. That's how they were able to get that such like 87 million people. It's, it's, it's not you. It's you and your network. But what was your yeah. point? Counterpoint. But you would still need to have an account in order to be on that network like they can't tag you if you don't have an account like i can't take my mom on stuff because she doesn't have an account so there's no way to connect her to me unless i said my mom is name like on my facebook but you don't think facebook knows who your mom is courtney well it's because you if i don't think she does because i don't have anything on my account that would show that she's my mom and even if it they did it would be useless information because she doesn't she's not on any social media where she would trigger advertising or like there would be any information that like triggers what she likes or what she doesn't like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you could just have you know take a detox from from facebook and if you want to try going cold turkey that's also something that you can do, but it's hard because what now a lot of employers are looking at your social media engagement or coworkers are going to be like, oh, you know, or, do you have Facebook? And you're going to be like that person. No, I don't. And then why? And then that's where you're like, well, you know, I just so. And, and now I think because of the attention Facebook is getting, they're going to be more understanding. I think before it was like, oh, this person's not on Facebook um, or LinkedIn, like what's going on with them, you know? But mm-hmm. I think there's an alternative. If you don't want to be on Facebook, you could use LinkedIn and keep that your professional network and stuff and blog on there and use that. But, and it's, I think that might be a better fit for some folks than having Facebook. You know what I just thought? Because we we're talking about tracking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With all this tracking and all this data being collected and stuff, I've always found it extremely kind of funny. Like, whenever, 
something happens, the news is like, Al-Qaeda claimed responsibility on Twitter. And then, like, you know, they can't, like, find them. Like, if they're, you know, putting stuff on on social media, I don't know. But on that note, like, since information is going into social media platforms... I mean, yeah, the the whole intent from the corporates from the corporations perspective is we want to get relevant ads to this person. Right. We don't want to give them useless ads. But that information could also be used like for law enforcement purposes. Right. Or it probably has already been used for Mm -hmm. for those purposes. Um. There was a, actually a case right now that was recently dropped by the Supreme Court and it had to do with Microsoft um, providing access to law enforcement. And it was an international case. The, the, actually, they can do it. The, the lawsuit was Microsoft, uh, by user, they couldn't give this information because it was international, it was in Canada, and they didn't have a law for that. And so Congress created a law to say that any criminal investigation that's foreign, um, U.S. corporate companies are forced to give the information to try to, like, do... It's against, like, illegal law against a a certain particular person. But Yeah, they can do that. Apple was under fire for a a bit because they didn't want to unlock the cell phone of that... Of, um... I forgot Mm -hmm. who it was. Yeah, the security crypt. Yeah. (laughs) But that was a few years ago. That's, like, in the Lania, if you... In the tech world. A millennia like that was a long time ago now it's like right because everything moves so well, fast facebook, that was just old story yeah facebook turned 10 years right they celebrated their 10th anniversary not too long ago yeah yeah so you're they're right. still relatively you know but they're so pervasive it's all over the world like they mm-hmm. just yeah but i guess i'm back to the original question is is there an ethical component to this? Like, is it wrong that Facebook is so, I want to say invasive, but so pervasive in our just everyday lives? And just, they, it knows almost everything about us. It knows how much you give it. Like, it's not going to know what I'm thinking about you. If I hated someone and I kept that to myself and I just kept it verbal and I never put it in writing online, no one would know I hated that person. Yeah, like, but they would know your affinities based on what, like, like, what brands you like, what politician you would like to, 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 to buy, you know, what products would, stuff like that, yeah. But that's depend on how much information I put into it. If I'm just using it to talk to my friends, then they wouldn't know because I wouldn't be perusing on other things. Like the reason, like I think when you go onto a social media platform, like they have their terms of service and yeah, I know it's shoddy, I know it's like fine print, but you're voluntarily giving your information away. So you have to expect that the price of that platform, because it's free, is you're giving them your information. And if you don't want to give them free your information, it's kind of like to Jasmine's point where you just don't. You just stop. You don't use it. And then you're kind of outside of that circle and you go back to text messaging and phone calls. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. You have those yeah. personal decisions. Like my brother hasn't had Facebook for five years. My cousin hasn't had Facebook for seven years, and mm-hmm. they just decided that they didn't want to. They didn't want to deal with it anymore. Um, but they do have Instagram. 
or mm-hmm. or they downloaded WhatsApp and so they communicate with people through WhatsApp. Um, you could do videos and message people and do all these cool things, and that's how they communicate with people, and they're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually a trend of detoxing right now, where everyone feels like they're in their on their phone or on devices too much. So it's like a growing trend of taking like quote unquote digital detox days. Like it's a well health and well being type of trend. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you said that it it sparked something because this week I actually forgot my phone at work, um, and so mm-hmm. I, you know, I was going to a meeting. Or something after work and, you know, I was like, oh, how, and I'm supposed to meet with Carl. And then, you know, I'm like, I just realized like, oh, I don't have my phone. But before that, we always have a meetup spot in the, in a park where we meet before we go to the meeting. So I just knew I'll be fine because it doesn't matter that I don't have a phone. I'll, I'll be waiting for him at the meetup spot. And so there you know he came and he's like oh i tried call i tried communicating with you about and i was just like oh i forgot my phone but i'm here <laughs> and then uh-huh. people are like don't you feel weird not having your phone and i'm like no like i always forget my phone places and i don't feel tied to it or you know sometimes i but facebook knew she was sitting at that bench that's how i knew <laughs> how would facebook know I'm just kidding oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? Well, okay, so I have a, I have a question since since um, Casey, you're familiar with IRB, right? So mm-hmm. in research, we're supposed to give the people whose information we're collecting informed consent and tell them your information will be used for blah 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 blah, blah specifically. Um, and it's kind of like an ethical thing that's done ar- around the country. It's like standard in any institution that does research. So I think that mm-hmm. by packaging people's information and handing it to another organization that's going to be doing research, they didn't provide like that informed consent to the person on the front end. So I think that's unethical um, because... Wait, but they do. When you send that grooming form, that's yeah. what it stipulates. Oh, so then le- let's say I interview you, Casey... And I give you an informed consent for that study, right? Uh-huh. But then in a year or two, someone talks, someone uh, calls me and they're like, hey, Carl, we want to buy that interview from you. It would be unethical for me to sell them that interview without consulting with you. Because at, on, on the front end, I had told you that the informed consent covers these specific things. At least that's how it works in research. I think you're agreeing to be part of a marketing like like it stipulates it's a broad stipulation but that's what it is so it covers those basis. So you as the consumer you're agreeing that you're accepting the broad terms. Mhm. Cuz reflecting back on what happened in the early 2000s with the mortgage bubble, mm-hmm. people knew mm-hmm. that they were getting into adjustable rate mortgages, right? But they didn't really read the fine print, but ultimately what happened the mortgage bubble blew. Um, people started defaulting on their loans. Uh, houses started going up for foreclosure, and banks started getting fines for misleading customers. Basically, um, mm-hmm. so I wonder if that's something that we're going to see replicated in tech, also, when it comes to people's data. Could be. Yeah, maybe it's a good. Like prediction or something. 
I feel like people are so willing to give up their information nowadays that it doesn't really matter to a certain degree. Because I feel like when we watch the con, when people were watching Congress or just Mark Zuckerberg's thing, like everyone over a certain age was like, that's just kind of the reality of the situation. It's more of the older generation was like, well, what the hell? Like, you shouldn't be able to take my information like that. Like, I don't know what's going on because we don't know just how things work. Like, no one's getting mad at Google because everyone wants to use Google. And they adjust your search behavior based on how you search. Like, I think that's scarier than people knowing what I like on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's the open door policy. The moment you give someone just like, oh, can you do this little thing for me? Then you can do more and more and more. And it's even more and more gracious. I think we're getting to mm-hmm. point now where we're saying, oh, well, you know, it's okay. I just accept it and I just go. It's just part of life. But if you ask the same question 10, 15 years ago, people would not say that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think just think like, but like, I I just kind of feel like now our governments are very weak. They're not really doing much. You know, we can't get, it's hard to get legislation to the floor. And when you have a crazy political party, it really messes everything. So I think like maybe people are putting more and more emphasis and faith in Facebook and Google and, and Twitter as their kind of source of, kind of power or almost say empowerment I meaning uh thinking all the, the major movements this year it was all through social media mm-hmm. um it wasn't by government officials it wasn't by leaders it's by people yeah mm-hmm. and then you know it also it also makes me think about like um because this is this is basically marketing circa 2018 right if it were um marketing back in the 40s it'd be like oh it's subliminal advertisement because when you turn pepsi upside down it says blah 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 you know and (laughs) you know is that unethical i mean i don't know like people people are you know we're we're stimulated by our environment and we we react and then it's this is probably um just the way that marketing works these days it's just embedded too in our culture like now, if you know, there's a saying that if it's it's not official until it's on Facebook. So you know, even relationship statuses or some big announcement that comes out, people are like, "Oh, I saw that on Facebook. Did you see this on Facebook?" And you know, you're you're kind of like, "How do you use it?" It it seems like to me like it from when I first started using Facebook about nine years ago or ten years ago. I it was just basically a way for student organizations to stay connected because at that time it was only for for college for colleges and universities across the country mm-hmm. and then you know after a few years later then it opened up global and then it turned into this whole thing where now it's like embedded in your you know in everything that you do and you wake up and you have to see what people are writing on Facebook what's the first message of the day and then it just turned into like this diary but you're, you guys are, I mean, you know, there's been some great points that when you press accept, if you don't read those little fine prints that say that, you know, they can disseminate information and have access to your phone or access to this and this and that, and you're not reading it carefully, like they're, you know, they're also making sure that they're, they're letting you know vaguely because they, in law, there's like loopholes and how things are written so that they could use that to, to keep that ambiguity to to find loopholes and in these loopholes that's what you get for for having this service that it's it's no cost to you per se but 
the information is being collected and then there has to be some like you said conflict of interest or revenue that is coming in some way or another but so the on the one hand you have the thing about like oh you're taking my data and selling it but then in the other is the is going back to to casey's point uh, at the very beginning is is it okay for these for a corporation like facebook to be a moderator of something like free speech because like yes there's you know like the cyberbullying that's happening like um it, it's kind of iffy because they're kind of in there regulating what's appropriate and what's not and if there is a general consensus on what is deemed to be an eth- uh, um like a correct way of doing things then facebook can really um have an influence in what people's values are all across the board I mean, that can happen anywhere. You control content, like so. You can, you know, you if you're controlling content and you're you're looking at it at that aspect, like you you can control perception. But that's that's been happening f- forever with the media. But the I see it kind of like if I look out the window and it's and I see that it's raining out in the distance, I'm like, oh, I should probably take my umbrella. But it's kind of like. If it were raining everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, now you can ask Ceres, should I take my umbrella? Because it's raining outside and Ceres will answer your question. Mm, I think you missed the point. <laughs> it's just, wah, wah. Yeah. Agreeing to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me understand your point, like, uh, Carl. And then um, what you're saying is, is it right for, should we be placing all the responsibilities on an organization like Facebook to to moderate our, our speech, which is essentially what they're doing? Because we're asking them to say, hey, please don't, please censor the bullying to protect us. Like, please, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But then I feel like what Jasmine points is um, it's already happening in regular everyday life. This just has to be an extension of what we're already doing. Because social media, like, for example, Sinclair Broadcasting, they control over 70% of the news outlet in the entire country. So they define the narrative, but it's not as obvious as Facebook, where you're actually seeing that voices and speeches are being moderated. Mm-hmm. Is that like what you guys are saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, then it's kind of like this. Let's say I want to exercise my free speech and create a new political party, right? And Did you say nude? Like yes. naked? New, okay. nude. Not nude. New. And uh, I heard nude. Okay. <laughs> a nude. I think you're the only one that heard nude. <laughs> I heard nude, okay? Yep. And Connie is nodding her head too. <laughs> I did not. Yes, yes. No, I heard new. Okay. We so have the videos. So let's say let's say let's say I come up with a new political party um i don't know called the the eagle party or whatever and in this party everyone is required to go to the military okay and that's the vision so let's say i go and i start doing ads or or like you know trying to share stories or whatever and then all of a sudden like i start seeing that my messages aren't going up or maybe facebook sees that it kind of like flags them and they stop uh they prevent me from sharing stuff that i want to share to the general public like is that right 
Well, when you create an ambiguous situation like that, of course it's going to be wrong. But let let me like ex- make that more extreme. What if your group is a anti-Jew, anti-Asian, anti-gay, all-white supremacist group, and they uh, they are they support the military bombing of, you know, like uh, you know, they 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 think the Nazi was the perfect solution. And they feel that America should create concentration camps to wipe out all the non-whites because they are ruined, let's say, the side fabric of America. Like now, let's talk about that. So then in that case, um, there's like, because freedom of speech doesn't mean I can say whatever the hell I want. It means that you can say whatever you want within a certain limitation. So you can't be um spreading like you, you can't be you can't say that you're gonna like inflict pain on other people or like on a certain group of people so then in that case then even in that case like what what does what does a corporation do do they then like let some sort of federal authority know like hey there's this hate group that's starting up and we have data that can help you solve this or do they say we are the judges of society so no well, in past cases, even people letting authorities like FBI about potential terrorist attack, that didn't like to stop the terrorists. They still happen. And by terrorists, I mean the, gun, the, the, the crazy gunner. So yeah. I know this is going to be crazy. I actually have trust in the organization like Facebook because it's a two-way street through news media, like through reporter journalism. Because I don't trust the government, because I feel like it, they're they're ineffective and they're not protecting my rights. And I feel like for companies like Facebook are more likely to be more active. Now, this it's, it's biased because I'm a liberal and Facebook tends to be a liberal uh, company. So I'm putting my um, really they're for they're they're in for some sort of profit. I think you curate what content you want to see because I have friends who are on the right and their feeds are all right stuff. And then I'm the on right the left. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they see, all, they see all of the stuff that are more tailored towards them. And then maybe like I'm a Democrat. So then maybe everything I see is skewed towards that way because that's the people I surround yourself with. It's more, it's curated based on what your needs. So let's say, Carl does launch a new party that is pro-military and all that other stuff. Depending on what he's targeting, if it's not relevant to me, then Facebook would probably make it cost more because I don't fall in any of those buckets where it would make sense to show it to me because I wouldn't want to see it. So maybe, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but maybe just to the majority of the users that are on the platform are on the left side. So the so the data and the ads they skew more that way. And even the ones that you like, you're right. Like if you like more, you know, your friends' posts, then their feeds will show up more more on your on your mm-hmm. end when you log in, versus mm-hmm. like um, friends that you're not liking their their posts or anything. Like with the algorithms, so I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you're curating your own content. So if you don't want to see all that stuff, you won't see it because you didn't. The, the algorithm doesn't knows that you won't like it, so you won't see it. 
Yeah, that's true. Because when people started going crazy with Candy Crush Saga, I was like, I don't care. And no, I don't want to play this stupid game. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. put dislike, I hate it, and then I don't, and now I don't see it anymore. <laughs> yeah, you speak my dislike. <laughs> right? It's either like Thumbs or down. dislike. <laughs> means I don't like it. I wish Facebook... You can report things on Facebook, too. Like in the little drop down with the arrow on the top right, yeah, you, can you can say report feedback. I've done that, too. <laughs> Click, this hurt my feelings. <laughs> Click. <laughs> or just like, the thing that annoys me is when people write uh, to Facebook, like if it's its diary. So I'm just like, I don't need to know this stuff. I don't know. What? I, feel I f- love doing that stuff. Okay, you mean do, those do, people as in me? Do you guys have anything <laughs> no. that... I, do you guys <laughs> Do you all have anything that like kind of annoys you when you see it on social media very, very often? Like a like I a consistent oh, pattern. I don't like it when someone writes a mean post judging other people. They're like, "Oh, I don't like when these people blah blah like freedom of speech, like though. high forces. Freedom of yeah. speech. I know, but it's just to me, it just seems very immature. Well, then that's when you go down the scroll and you just click that. Oh, I don't. You know, this is inappropriate, and then you won't see it anymore. But it'll still show up. It's still freedom of speech. If I don't like them. I block them. Not from like a friend. Like they say, my friend. I just oh, block their content. Courtney. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't want to see it. I'm like, oh, you post like mm-hmm. 50 times a day. I don't want to see you only Bye, on Alicia, my face. Exactly. Right? It's a diary. They're using it like a diary. Post. Eating nachos yeah. for love. So I'll just block their content so I don't yeah. see their content. I'll still be their friend and they can still talk to me if they want to. But I just I just won't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like if you make a kale shake every day, I don't need to know that every day. <gasps> but I do. I want to be healthy. Yeah, but you don't have to. You don't have to take a picture and show me your kale shake every day. I would just block you, Casey. See, it's problem solved. You don't know. I wouldn't have told you I blocked you. Yeah. I would just do it for my sanity, and you would think what I'm following all of your all of your kale the shakes. With See, you guys just can't tell. And then Casey will be like, "Wait a minute! I only have 99 likes. Someone's missing here." <gasps> Courtney, <laughs> I'll make the, I'll tag Oops. you in the post. Oops, I didn't see it. I'm sure I'll see it the other 364 days of the year. Okay, you know, the one thing I do is when I comment on a post, I make sure to unfollow the mess- the notification on that post. Oh, we have learned that too. Yeah, because like, okay, you know, good yeah, enough. Because then you write yeah. something on someone who's mm-hmm. really popular, and then you're like, damn, you know, all these. It's like 200 messages mm-hmm. on him. Like, I don't need alerts on my phone for that. Hey, Killing hey my battery. <laughs> or our um, takeaways. Can I finish it? Because I have a killer, awesome, awesome takeaway. Yeah, Go for it. We're, we're at the 30-minute mark mm-hmm. anyway, so let's move on to the bottom line. Yes. Okay, the bottom line. <clears throat> okay, ready? <laughs> We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I wonder if rights should be unalienable. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if, like, these, like, why should we have these unalienable, uh, like, why are they necessary? I'm just curious, in light of, you know, the fact that we're, in a sense, giving up our certain of our right, like liberty, for the pursuit of happiness, because we want an easier life, and we're a privacy 
which was considered a big rights back in the days, is no longer considered such a big rights for us now. So I'm curious if these are even like worthwhile to, to pursue and to safeguard. Courtney? Uh, life. Okay, yes, life. I think I have a right to live. Uh, liberty. Yes, I would say I should have the freedom to kind of do as I please within the bounds of upholding society and the pursuit of happiness. But my definition, I'm a human being. If I don't like it, like it, I can leave. Or unfollow it. Mm-hmm. Or unfollow it or <laughs> not opt into it um, or your decisions. I think the right to privacy, that's something that you own. And I think it's very important for individuals to have. But if you sign an agreement to give that up for the sake of being able to talk to your friends and that's what you've decided as an individual. Like, I think to some degree there's accountability as naive, maybe from like a grander scheme of things it may sound, but I think everyone's accountable for their actions. And if you said on written paper that you agreed to do this and it's your fault for not reading it, then yeah, it sucks. And it's going to be a really bad time. But at the same time you made that like you, it was your decision. Hmm. That's my, that's my take. Jasmine? So you could just get rid of Facebook. That's it. Make that choice. <laughs> Lots of people are wow, doing you it. You guys are brutal. And you know, <laughs> move on with life. There's more There's more than Facebook. That's my response. Okay. Mm. Carl? Uh, along the lines with what Courtney said life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Yes to all three, obviously. But I think that nowadays the right to know is superior than your right to privacy. And I think that's where that's the direction that we're going in. And before it used to be, oh, I'm entitled to privacy. Okay, I'll give you privacy. But now the narrative is shifting to hey, I want privacy. Oh, yeah? Well, where are you hiding? Because everybody's willing to give up their information. And and I like what Courtney said about uh, people being having to be held accountable for their own actions. But then there's also other people who will say, oh, well, the person's decision was influenced by these other factors, too. So there's kind of like different schools of thought on what causes a person to decide so um like with with this thing with cambridge analytica let's let's you know there's people who are saying oh these ads or whatever caused people to vote a certain way but then on the other hand you're like well the person made the decision anyway so i think would they i think those two um (laughs) i think those two schools of thought are like playing tug of war with each other wow Wow. yeah i feel like if you protect one rights you have to protect all the rights to make something relevant and important you can't negotiate life liberty pursuit happiness and overlook privacy because they're all contingent on each other that's the whole point of being unalienable um like to Courtney's thing, I don't agree because it's like you either choose to stick, be connected socially, which serves a higher P meaning of connectedness, or you don't, which we know that when you're isolated and you feel lonely, it actually affects you, you know, 
psychologically and mentally. And yeah, you can call and you can do other alternatives, but it doesn't seem like the alternatives is enough to supplement what you have to, what you get. And you have to make that like condition that choice to say, oh, these rights are negotiable. And I think it's a slippery line, which is, I think, when the precipice of is we're negotiating our rights for privacy because we think we need to pursue happiness. But is it really, you know, like pretty soon we're like, well, I don't mind getting rid of my happiness for something else to live. And then pretty soon you're like, well, life is really doesn't really matter. I mean, there's already too many of us anyway. So it's okay for us to kill these people or that people because life, you know, it's just, I guess one thing leads to another and I feel like it could go downhill. That's my point. Hmm. Yep. Thanks for that, Casey. And now we'd like to turn to our listeners. What do you think? Are there any topics you'd like to hear on the show or would you like to join us for an upcoming episode? Make sure to send us your thoughts at info at ologyresearchgroup.org and also make sure to follow us on Twitter at ologyresearch. Or don't follow us. Totally up to you. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>